0: or wanted to move back or whatever, and certainly appreciate that. They had um, worked on that some time ago, and I thought, well, it'll fit well with our Sunday school. Love, I love Sunday school Sunday, all right? So our emphasis is school all day. And uh, I, I was thinking this week, I thought, you know, where else do you learn those kind of lessons? You don't learn about, uh, you don't learn about Jonah and the whale in school. Most of you don't. Uh, and not in public school at least, and you don't learn about uh, all the other Bible stories. You don't look, learn about Adam and Eve, and you don't learn about uh, Noah and Elijah and uh, King David, and, and you could go on and on about all the different Bible stories that's important um, that, that uh, the children learn and the adults too. Uh, sometimes when we relegate Sunday school to children, it's not just for children, it's just as much for adults. Um, because sometimes if you missed out on that growing up, you still got to learn about it somewhere. And so uh, we try and cover a lot of those things in Bible or Sunday school, and it's always good. And, uh, and so I appreciate that. Um, and and you, you can use all kinds of different things to teach children as well. So what a blessing that is. If you have your Bibles, go to Psalm 119. And as we've been thinking about the idea of uh, I love Sunday school and... and um, the idea really of loving the Lord and being committed to Him, uh, it is impossible to love the Lord and not obey His Word. It is stated emphatically and repeatedly that those who love Him will keep His commandments. You can just note these down. Um, I don't even know that I'll give you all the references, but uh, these are just a few that I pulled up in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 it says, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments. And then it goes on and says, to a thousand generations. Well, that's a blessing right there uh, to know that. Uh, Deuteronomy thirty sixteen says, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments. John 14.15 says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. John 14.21 says, He that hath uh, my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. In First John uh, 5, 2 and 3, he goes on and he says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. And then Second John, he goes on and says this in Second John 6, uh, verse number 6. And this is the love that we walk after His commandments. And so you can see time and time again uh, that, that uh, our love for God must be coupled with obedience to His word. If we love God, uh, then, then we will want to please And One of the verses Pastor read this morning in uh, the service was in 1 John. I don't remember which one it was, uh, but it says, And pleasing him. Boy, that jumped out at me, uh, because really, uh, the idea, if we love the Lord, we'll want to please Him. We'll want to do what's right. Um, and so, looking at this idea, uh, we have got to love the Word. When somebody tells me that they love the Lord, or they love God, but they don't follow Him, a little red flag goes up in my head. And, and there's a lot of people out there that, that sincerely think that they probably love the Lord. And I'm not saying that they're not making an effort towards it, but the Bible is very clear. If we love Him, we are going to look into His Word. And then when somebody tells me that they love Him, but maybe they don't attend church, again, a little flag goes up in my mind. Um, And Jesus died on the cross, and the Bible says in the book of Acts that He shed His blood for the church. uh, And He bought it with a price. And so uh, I think loving the Lord is important, and uh and in doing so, we must love his commandment, as I was thinking about that in psalm one nineteen um, I, in Italy, we went through this, we would, had a, uh, we would just have a, a time, we'd get together on a regular devotion, and I just kind of went through this psalm. I did not do it in English, I went through it in Italian, alright? Uh, so that would be real fun. But we're not going to do it in Italian tonight, because I don't know that I could remember it all, to be honest with you. But uh, we're not going to go through the entire psalm either, but Psalm 119 is known uh, for the Word of God. Uh, the psalmist who wrote it, he is writing about his love for the Word of God. I'll just give you a couple things that's interesting, uh, and we're just going to look at the first eight verses. In the entire Psalm 119, it is broke up into segments of eight verses. And every uh, section of eight verses, maybe your Bible says, at the very right underneath Psalm 119, mine says, Aleph. Uh, and that is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So uh, Psalm 119 is written, maybe like poetry, and a a learning for uh, the Hebrew children or the Hebrew uh, speaking people, and every verse they tell me, I don't know Hebrew, but every verse in in verses 1 through 8 start with the letter Aleph uh, in Hebrew. And then after that, uh, in verse 9, maybe you have a little symbol, or maybe you have the word Beth. Uh, and then verse 17, before that you have Gemel. And uh, verse 25, Dileth. and it goes on through. And if you look all the way through there, that is the Hebrew alphabet. So if you wanted to learn the Hebrew alphabet, there you go. You can knock yourself out and learn it. Uh, it's right there for you. Uh, and many Bibles have those. And so that's kind of the idea behind Psalm 119. And uh, and we don't necessarily uh, see that assimilation because it has been translated English and I'm glad it's been translated to English, uh, because how would you like to learn Hebrew tonight? Uh, they read backwards. It goes the opposite way, and, uh, and it's not like learning Spanish, amen? Uh, Spanish was far easier than, than learning Hebrew. Uh, but we're going to look here at Psalm 119, verse 1. The Bible says this, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Let's stop right there and let's have a word of prayer before we get into the message. Father, we thank you. Uh, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have to uh, look into your word, Father, and to learn from your word. And thank you for this great psalm, God, that uh, was written and, uh, and recorded and faithfully translated, Father, that we can look into it, we can study it, we can draw from it, we can learn from it. And God, may our hearts and lives be blessed, Father, not from me, but from your word. And God, will thank you for that. I pray uh, all of this in Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. As we look at this Psalm, the first three verses, uh, you can see it starts right off and it says, blessed are the undefiled in the way. Uh, as I was looking over this and, and uh, really kind of studying this, uh, the uh, Charles Spurgeon, who has done tremendous uh, uh, commentary on the entire book of Psalm, uh, he opened up his commentary saying uh, on verse number number 1 of chapter 119, he said uh, this verse kind of sets the tone for the entire chapter 119, where uh, he proclaims, "...blessed are the undefiled in the way." Uh, now, what does blessed mean? Now, we understand we'll say bless you or, or whatever, and we, we mean uh, good wishes on you or we wish you well or uh, things of that nature, but the word blessed means made happy or prosperous. Made happy... Or, uh, prosperous, And as we look at verse number 1, we can see the blessings of God. Actually, verses 1 through 3 uh, is kind of a paragraph, and I've dubbed that blessings of God. And we see that it says, blessed are the undefiled in the way. The undefiled in the way. Now what does that mean? Well, I take it to mean, and I believe it means, uh, that the undefiled in the way would mean that, hey, they've put their path on the path of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're walking in His way. In other words, they desire to serve God. They desire to follow God. And as they're walking down that path, And as you go through life, you understand and you realize that oftentimes there are temptations. If you've ever taken a trip anywhere, uh, you get on a road and as you're going down that road and maybe you're on the highway, you get on that highway and as you're going down the highway, there are multiple exits where you can get off of that highway. But while you're traveling down that highway, man, you're, you are on that highway. You can't just veer off. You just, you're heading down that highway. And, and sometimes, many times when we were traveling and we were looking for, uh, maybe we, we liked the, the, uh, the stop that had the gas and the food all at one place. I mean, just one stop, you know. Uh, not necessarily we like the food all the time, but we just wanted to stop once, get gas, get food, use the bathroom, and then hit the road again. And so we kind of look for those ideas. And sometimes uh, you're looking and, and, man, you don't know what's, you don't know the area you're traveling. And, and you're looking and you say, well, that looks good. This one's coming up. Hey, let's stop at this one. So you get off there and, and you know, it's mediocre and you're, you got it. And, and then you go down and always the next exit had everything that you wanted. And you're like, man, I wish I had waited just a little longer to get off and And sometimes on life uh, as you go down your life 's road there are there are exits. Uh, that are sometimes very tempting and they're, they're calling you and they're saying, hey, why don't you get off here? And there's bright signs that are flashing and saying, hey, we've got this restaurant and that restaurant. But instead of being a positive stop, it is something that is trying to draw you off of the path of the Lord Jesus Christ and draw you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. And while you are on that path, and while you're walking uh, undefiled or unpolluted or uncorrupted, uh, then you would continue on that path with the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you get defiled, or when you get polluted or corrupted, in other words, temptation comes in, and it draws you off of that path, and even if you just veer off a little bit, you say, well, I can still see the path that's right there. And I'm okay. But you still have gotten off the path. Albeit a little bit. And you say, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not that far down the road. And while that may be true, uh, the Bible says, blessed are the undefiled in the way. And he continues, who walk in the law of the Lord. And there's an undeniable blessings that are tied to following the Word of God. And maintaining your way on the path. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, uh, I believe it's one in, chapter 1 and verse 8, I think it's 9 as well. It says, This book of the law, it's a promise given to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Listen, where does success come from? Success comes from following the Word of God. Listen, we measure a lot of times the world has substituted success and said, you know what success is? Success is when your bank account hits this magic number and that's the mark that you're shooting for. And once you hit that number, then that is success in life. Or success could be measured by uh, maybe a position in a company. You say, man, I'm, that's what I'm shooting for and that's the position that I want. And and those are different um, different definitions of success. But God's success measures uh, according To following and obeying the Word of God. And and God clearly says that, hey, when you follow the Word of God, you'll have good success spiritually. Turn back with me to uh, Psalm chapter number one. Psalm one. I love this psalm. I I don't remember when I memorized it. I must have been a young man when I memorized it, but it's a a great psalm, and I think of it very often. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter number one, in verse uh, one. Again, we see the same idea of the blessing of the man of God, that's fo- or the person that is following the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm one, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth. In the seed of the scornful. In other words, hey, blessed is somebody that avoids those temptations, though there is a temptation and a draw, a counsel of the ungodly that's going to say, hey, why don't you come over here with me? Uh, During the Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Proverbs for quite some time. And I remember way back when we went through the book of Proverbs and we hit, uh, I think it was chapter 1 and uh, the latter part of chapter 1. And and he said, my my son, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. In other words, when sinners want to draw you off of the path, you are losing out on the blessing of God by wandering away from the path of God. We need to be careful that we are staying in the path. In Psalm 1, here we read that first verse. Look at what the second verse is. It says, But his delight, who's the man that's blessed, the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The Bible says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. In other words, listen, if you follow the word of God and you obey the word of God, uh, listen, the prosperity that will come is not necessarily physical. I want us to understand that because there's a lot of people that preach a prosperity gospel. If you're following God and you get saved, that, listen, you're going to prosper and you're going to be wealthy. Listen, the the Bible, when it says that you'll prosper, it does not necessarily mean that you'll prosper in these worldly terms. I can point to you a lot of examples out of the Word of God. Uh, Elijah was a man uh, that, that did not live very rich in this world. He did not have much. John the Baptist was a prophet who wandered the, uh, the earth. And listen, uh, he, he dressed in uh, camel skin and ate locusts and honey. He did not necessarily uh, prosper per se by worldly means. And you could go on and on about people. Now there were some who did prosper in worldly means. But when God says that you'll prosper, it does not necessarily mean that you'll prosper in worldly means. But listen, I would rather prosper before God than to prosper here on this earth. You can prosper on this earth, but let me tell you something, when death comes a-knocking, you're leaving it all behind. And you're going to spend all eternity before God. And I'd rather prosper in heaven for the rest of eternity than to prosper here on earth for a short time. And so the Bible's very clear that it says, Blessed is the man uh, that, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It says here in, in Psalm 119, 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And the, and the Bible's very clear that if we'll follow God, we'll have blessings. And listen, I'd rather have the full blessings of God than anything. You can, you can walk beside highway and say, you're still heading the same direction, but you're just a little bit outside of the light. and You're just a little further. You can get it farther and farther away. You say, well, I'm, I'm still receiving a little bit of the blessings of God. Listen, to be in the full blessing of God, there's nothing like it. And you'll be far better off getting the full blessing of God than just having a little bit of the light that would shine in your direction and a little bit of blessing here and there. And the Word of God clearly illuminates what is right and what is wrong. Look at verse number 2. As we see these blessings, He says in verse number 2, Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. We're still talking about the blessings of God and and those that are blessed of God are those that are going to keep his testimonies. But then those who are going to seek God with their whole heart. In other words, they're going to make it their life's goal to seek after the Lord. That doesn't mean, uh, listen, you can work a secular job, and, and that does not mean that you have to be a preacher. You can be a very godly lay layperson uh, that, that works a regular job and, and goes to work on a regular basis. But listen, you're, you understand and you realize, listen, this job is just to keep my temporal wheels a-turning. They just put food on the table and pay my bills and cover what needs to take care of. But my goal and my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's who I'm seeking after. And that's who I want to please. And that's who I'm looking for. And listen, that person, the Bible says, they will be blessed because they're seeking after the Lord with their whole heart. Look at verse number 3 as we think about the blessings. It says also, They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. The Bible is very clear that Jesus said that He he is the light of the world. And He said uh, men didn't like Him because uh, they loved uh, darkness rather than the light. Why? Because the Bible says their deeds were evil. One thing about walking in the light as He is in the light is when you walk in the light, sin will be exposed in your life. And you'll be like... You're walking and you're looking into the Word of God and, and you see something in your life that convicts your heart. And you say, man, that's, I didn't like that. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and you come across stuff and you're like, I didn't like that. You have two choices at that point. You can do like they said in the book of James, uh, the man that beholdeth himself in the glass, and he sees that sin and he says, "Yeah, let's close that up and let's, just, let's go on to work and let's forget about that because it's too convicting to uh, really deal with it or, or take care of it. And he said that's not a good thing. And the other option is you can be a doer of the word, but you can't do both. You can be a doer of the Word, or you can be like somebody who beholds their face in the glass. They see the mistake, they see the error, but they turn away and they forget about it, and they continue down the road, and they don't want to deal with the sin that is in their life. And so the, the Word of God certainly shows and sheds light on our path and on our walk and on our life. But listen, if you deal with it, hey, there's blessings of being in favor with God. And that's what he's saying. And not having uh, that iniquity in our heart and not having that sin uh, that is left in our life. And so we can see very clearly the blessings of God uh, that that he gives there in verses 1 through 3. Look with me at verses 4 through 6 and we'll see the bidding uh, that he asks. This is the bidding that God asks. In verse number 4, the Bible says, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. So in verses one through three he says, uh, listen, there's blessings poured out on those who keep his commandments. And then in verse four he points out the fact that it was a command or a bidding uh, where God has ordered man to keep his word. And so we see this idea. And remember, we're talking about uh, loving the word of God and loving the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to obey and keep his commandments. So he says here in verse four, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligent. Listen, it's a command from God. It's a directive. And listen, it's not going to happen automatically in our life. It's something that, uh, that we have to purpose in our heart and say, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to walk with the Lord. And listen, you might make, up, make mistakes, and you might mess up in your life. And when you do, ask for forgiveness and get back on the path. When you realize you've strayed from the path, man, turn around and get back on the path. The thing about God is He's always there with His arms open, and He's forgiving and he's saying, hey, come back to me. We'll get this right and we'll get it straightened out. And you can get back on the right path and you can do what is right because thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts, which is the word of God, diligently. He has the command in verse number four. Look at what the concern in verse number five. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. You look at verse number five and... Really, that's kind of the concern, or you could call it the prayer of the psalmist. He's saying, God, help me to do right. Help me to uh, live in your word. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. In other words, God, keep my life on the right path. Make sure that I'm doing what's right. And, and, uh, and, and he says, it's, it's a prayer. He's crying out to God. And he's saying, we need your help. I was reading and, and looking over these um, notes, and I came across this. It was very interesting. I've never, I don't think, I've ever heard this before. But have you ever thought about a bird and how they how he sleeps? Sometimes I've seen other animals, and some animals actually sleep standing up. I'm amazed that that horses almost never lay down. Uh, they're one of the one of the few animals. And they will on occasion, but they they just rarely do. And so you look at some of these animals, you're like. Uh, man, how do they do that? And uh, and you think about a bird. Uh, a bird doesn't uh, go and, and pillow his head somewhere. Uh, he doesn't have a nice little bed and fluff up his pillow. Uh, you see birds often, and you see them standing on, on branches. And how is it that they sleep there? I would think they'd fall off. And I wa- I read this, and he says... How does it manage to do this, talking about the bird? The secret is the tendons of the bird's leg. They are so constructed that when the leg is bent at the knee, the claw contracts and grip like a steel trap. The claws refuse to let go until the knees are unbent again. The bended knee gives the bird the ability to hold on to his perch so tightly. Is this not also the secret of holding on to the power of the Christian? In other words, the bended knee. And the bending knee and praying to God. And saying, God, help me. The psalmist knew that his strength is weak. And in his ability and in his flesh... He would not be able to hold on to God and stay in the right path. But when he, when he cried out to God, he said in verse number five, "Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. God help me to, to follow you and to obey. You Listen, the Christian life, one of the uh, most difficult things, perhaps about the Christian life, it is not something that you can live in the flesh. Not possible. Oh, men have tried. Many people have tried. But listen, it'll fail in the end. And, and we have to have uh, allow God to work in our life just like that bird with his bent knees. Uh, listen, those, those talons grab a hold. And when we bend our knee and cry out to God and say, God, we are dependent upon You, uh, then He will help us and strengthen us. The psalmist cries out his concern is that he might... Uh, veer away from the word of God. Look at verse number six as we talk about the bidding that God has bid him to do and and commanding him to walk and, and obey the precepts of God. And he says in verse number six, then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. We're talking about the blessing in verse number one. We see the Congratulations in verse number 6. When, uh, when he has respect unto all thy commandments, there's no shame. Listen, walking with God is not shameful. Uh, doing what is right is not shameful. With sin, oh, there's shame before God. It's an embarrassment. And sometimes, some people have gotten so far off the path uh, that, that they're embarrassed to go back to God. Listen, God's always open-armed. And He's willing to forgive. Listen, He saved us from our sins. And there's nothing that He does not know about us. And, and so God is willing to, uh, if we're willing to come back to Him, He is willing to save us. And the Bible says here uh, that, listen, if you're walking in that path with God, you've got no reason to be ashamed. It's when you get off of that path and when you're drawn away by temptation and when you fall into sin that there's shame and and, and there's reproach that comes. Uh, But if you don't, then hey, there's a congratulations that's in order in verse number 6. As we see the bidding that He would bid us to do and He would ask us to do. Look with me at verse number 7. We'll look at the benediction. The benediction simply means the giving of the blessing. And we know that blessing is uh, to be made happy or prosperous, and that was spiritual prosperity there. But it says there in verse number 7, he says, I will praise Thee with uprightness of heart, when I shall have learned Thy righteousness. You read that in verse number 7, and And the blessing that is bestowed on this person would cause him to praise with an upright heart. Listen, praise comes from an upright heart. What does praise mean? I mean, obviously we know it's an expression, it's singing, uh, things of that nature often are praise. But the actual word praise means the expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred a glorifying or extolling. And listen, when God has blessed your life and you've asked Him to help you to walk in the way and you've walked in the way of God and you realize, hey, you know what? My life is right and I'm living for the Lord and man, I'm just grateful that God has forgiven my sins and He's pardoned me and He's forgiven me and He's helped me to stay in the right path. Then listen, there's a a song of praise that can go out and when you sing the songs that we sing and we sing hymns, man, it causes me to think, Man, I'm grateful for what God's done for me. I'm grateful for how He's blessed my life. I'm grateful for all the uh, sins that He's forgiven. I'm grateful that I have a new name written down in heaven. I'm grateful for all the things that He's done, and it allows us to praise the Lord with a clean heart. I've often, I've often used this idea, or, or maybe not illustrated as such, but. Somebody who is lost is not capable of bringing true praise to the Lord. I want you to think about this for a minute. We'll go with an old name because it's safe to go with an old name. Besides the fact that he's dead, you know why we wouldn't have Elvis come sing in our church? I knew somebody would laugh. Elvis is dead. I know he's dead, okay? He's gone. You know why we wouldn't have him come sing in our church? Because he's not saved. Not to my knowledge, he wasn't saved. We wouldn't have somebody who's lost come, even if he were to sing praises. And you say, "Well, you probably couldn't afford him." Well, that's beside the point. We couldn't afford him, uh, and I wouldn't want to pay him to, to come and sing. But what I'm saying is, you can have the greatest voice on earth. A lot of some of these lost people who sing in in in, uh, in the world, they do have good voices. They do have talent. But how, how, how on earth could they praise the Lord, even if they were to sing songs that we would pick out for them? Here, I want you to sing this song, and this song, and this song, and, and we'll have a concert. That's not going to honor and glorify God. Why? Because it's not just the words that come out of your mouth. Jesus said that about the Pharisees. Uh, he said, with their, with their lips they do praise Me, but their heart is far from Me. And the psalmist would say the same thing here. He said in verse number 7, I will praise Thee with uprightness of heart. When? When I shall have learned Thy righteous judgment. There's a learning and a growing process. Does that mean that you have to be perfect to praise the Lord? No, I don't, I'm not saying that either. I'm saying as you learn and God shows you stuff and you grow in your life, man, you can praise out of a, out of a true heart of gratitude. You can praise the Lord and say, man, I am grateful that the Lord changed my life. I, I've listened to a lot of uh, specials. I remember we went... Um, You'll find this funny. I was in Peru and, and we were out, I, we were in the mountains. I mean, we were, we were so deep in there, there was not electric at the place we went to. Matter of fact, my missionary friend and I, we would go together often and, and, uh, and we brought, uh, his eyes were getting a little bit bad and, and he struggled to see. They had a, a car battery and they would turn on a light. I'm not kidding you. And that's what we would preach from. It was very dimly lit. It was very hard to see. And so he got a a lantern, uh, a gas uh, lantern, and and he would bring that and he would fire that up. And man, that really, that blew the battery-operated light out of the water. I mean, it was just bright. He could actually read his Bible. So he would bring that along and we'd preach. And and I'm not kidding you. We had this this group of people there. And and it, it, it was definitely a cultural thing. And... Um, there's two two sets of cultures where they're going on. One was the men all sat on one side and the ladies all sat on the other side. Now that was a little bit weird. It's not the first time I've ever seen that in a in a church setting, but uh, that was a little bit different. But I'm telling you, when those ladies sang, I've never heard anything quite like it in my life. It sounded like a bunch of cats dying. You thought I was going to say it It sounded like a bunch of angels, didn't you? It did not. It sounded like a bunch of cats dying all at the same time. I am not kidding you. I've never heard anything like it quite in my life. I I just was amazed. And I'm not casting despair or or judgment on that. But I'm just saying I've heard a lot of different things. But you know what? If that came from the heart, and it was a heart of gratitude, then it was probably gratifying to the ear of the Lord Jesus Christ. It it didn't didn't gratify my ear, I'll tell you that. But I tell you what, praise comes from a right heart that says, God, I'm thankful for everything that you've done for me. And I want to sing your praises And just like the word praise means an expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred, a glorifying or extolling. And we see that the psalmist is saying, listen, when I'm walking in your paths and when everything is going right and I'm serving the Lord and I've prayed and asked God to keep me on track and I'm walking with God, when I've learned your righteousness and I've figured these things out, listen, then will I praise thee with uprightness of heart. Again, I don't mean to say you have to be perfect to praise the Lord, but listen, there's something about a heart that says I'm going to do what God wants and it's glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ and he appreciates his, that praise. Look with me at verse number 8. He says, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. After learning Righteousness, you want more. In other words, he's saying, I will keep thy statutes. Lays came out with a commercial in 19, oh, probably the 1980s sometime. And you remember that commercial, you probably, many of you probably know it, that you can't just eat one. Remember that? And many times, just to be a stinker, I go buy a bag and and just eat one just because I want to prove them wrong. I just, I don't really care for Lay's potato chips anyway, so it wasn't that hard. But what the psalmist is saying is that when you get a taste of the righteousness and the blessings of God in your life, you want more of that. And he's saying, I will keep thy statutes. Before he's saying, God commanded me to and I'm asking God to help me to do it because in my own strength... I cannot do it. But now he's saying, listen, man, I enjoy the blessings of God in my life, and I want more of those blessings of God in my life. The Bible says in Psalm 34, in verse number 8, he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you ever tried something? I remember when we we would... Of course, we lived in many places, and I've eaten stuff that you'd be like, man, I wouldn't touch it. But I remember many times we would tell our kids, listen, you don't have to like it, but you have to try it. Now, we, we always made our kids try at least a little bit of everything. And if, if it was truly something rough, taste it. You don't have to eat it all, but taste it. At least try it. The Bible would tell us that, listen, Oh, taste, try God, and see. And you'll find out, hey, that His blessing and the righteousness and and the blessing that you get from walking in the paths of God and obeying His Word are something that when you get away from it and and you get out in the cold and you're like, man, I kind of want that blessing back from God. I want that goodness of God in my life. I want that good favor with God. I want to be able to stay in good communion and good fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. And he says in verse 8, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. It's kind of the end of Another tagline of prayer. Lord, help me. I want your blessing in my life. I want to stay in the path, but God, I'm going to need your help as well. Don't forsake me. Don't leave me. And, and, and so it's kind of the idea there of asking God. And so we can see uh, the, the psalm and the idea that, hey, the blessing of God, the bidding of God and the benediction uh, that He says, listen, once you've got a little bit of that blessing, uh, that you'll be able to praise the Lord. And, and listen, it's sweet when saints praise the Lord. They sing for the honor and glory of God. I, I love listening to congregational singing, and I love it. I tell you what, sometimes... We'll have we I get an opportunity to go to preachers' fellowships. And I don't there's nothing like getting a bunch of preachers together and they just sing. And they're not always the best singers, but there's something about the praise that they're singing. And it's something that comes from the heart that says, Man, I want to praise the Lord. We see that in this psalm that says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not. Utterly, we can see that He's saying, hey, continue to bless me. Continue to be with me. Continue to help me. Listen, we've got to have a love for the Word of God. In order to follow it, in order to obey it, we've got to know what it says. How do you know what it says? Well, you read it. You spend time looking at it and studying it. And, and listen, it takes... It takes a long time to get through the Word of God. It takes a long time to read the Word of God. It takes uh, a long time to, to study it. But don't be discouraged. Hey, continue. Get a little closer to God and just get a little closer and get a little more blessing and taste and see, oh, the Lord's good. And you know what? He does bless and He does help and He does strengthen. And you know what? I do want a little more of that strength. I do want a little more of that blessing. I do want a little more of that in my life. And you'll find out that God will bless you and help you and strengthen you in your life if you'll just walk with Him and love His Word. And He will help you and strengthen you in your daily walk with Him. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we can see the blessing. We can see His bidding. He's commanded us to follow His words and to obey His words. And we can see the benediction, that blessing being bestowed on the the psalmist as he follows the Lord. Father, we thank You for Your goodness to us. Thank You, Father, for Your Word. God, we we are certainly not perfect Christians by any stretch of the imagination. But God, help us to be striving to walk on that path and to obey Your Word. Help us to be not hard-hearted, but soft-hearted, God, that when we find something in the Word of God that we would be moldable like clay. And we'd allow You to mold our life and to take out the bad hard chunks that are no good and help us to follow You and walk in Your light. God, that we could be people who are blessed and people who could praise You when we learn to walk in the righteousness, when we've learned your righteousness. Help us with that. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God spoken to your heart, maybe you're here this evening.